Things are quiet. Things are different. I'm not sure why. I am consumed tonight by sorrow, by memories. Perhaps it is self-pity, and perhaps you do not need to hear about it as I sit in this motel room, tired of television voices, tired of voices across the internet, tired of the murmur of voices in the streets of this city. One voice, in particular, in my own memory, overwhelms me. I will get right to it tonight. I don't know what you think of me. I don't know what you think I am. I only ask that you listen. Once, long ago, when I was new to this life but not too new, I had, for the first time, unwittingly and strangely, fallen into a deep, long sleep. You had heard about me roaming through my hometown, trying to find solace and solution in church and being turned away. I explored. I discovered my appetites, abilities, and my boundaries. For example, I could move extremely swiftly and gracefully, but not during the day. I had incredible strength and agility. I could see, hear, and smell things more keenly than before. But the thing I realized, after years and years of wandering, seeking shelter, and learning, not without failure, how to disguise my stark, strange features from your kind, is that when I tired of wandering, I could find a safe space and sleep indeterminately. This is a great reprieve for me, you see. I cannot die, and this is often very frightening, but at times when the prospect of eternity is unbearably empty, I can sleep for years. I could sleep forever if I wanted to, I think, unless someone came and woke me. But in these deep sleeps I do not dream, I do not move, I do not breathe. It seems as though my body knows when to wake up, when it's ready to face the world again. Perhaps this is some kind of food for me, sleep. That and something else, anyway. So I had taken my first long sleep. At the time I didn't know, but it had been for about seventy years or so. Not a terribly interesting story, the story of my sleeping, but perhaps more interesting to you may be where. It was in the ancient tower, the one I told you about before, the one where I met the dark, tall stranger with the sharp grin and the mirthful eyes the one where he changed me and made me whatever I am today. You remember the tower, don't you? It was a low, dark time. The words of the priest I had tried to seek comfort from rang in my ears even years after he had said them. You should lock yourself up in that tower you let that thing escape from. I thought he was right. Or even if he was wrong, perhaps I would meet my dark stranger again, and have either answers or death, either of which would be satisfactory with the way I was feeling. I entered through the top of the tower as I had as a mortal girl, even finding the same collapsed wall with its stones strewn everywhere, 
and with my strong hands and swift movements, I put them back in place, securing my tomb. Recall that there was only one room. Where had he slept? I looked around, looked for any clues or flaws in the structure. Eventually I found it. A loose candlestick in the wall. I pulled it. And the floor opened up just slightly, just enough to reveal enough space for... Uh, well, if I said coffin, you would make your assumptions again, wouldn't you? But it was a box. In the ground. Comfortable, well-made, beautiful, made with respect and reverence, or perhaps fear of displeasing the thing sleeping in it. It would be just fine. I entered it, replaced its cover, and closed my eyes. How did I know what to do? How did I know that this is what I needed? Anyhow, peace at last. Or at least for a time. No dreams, no noise, no thoughts, no feelings, just emptiness. Did I feel the time pass? Decade upon decade, slowly ticking? In a way, yes. I think my body did. I think my body knew as each cell grew stronger and renewed itself that this kind of death was necessary for me. But my mind was not there. My mind was nowhere. Thinking about that feeling now is both terrifying and glorious. Being just gone like that. Until one evening, I woke up. My eyes opened, and despite the fact that my night vision was excellent, there was only darkness. My arms reached up and were stopped by solid wood. I started to panic, not remembering, not sure of where I was, but, worst of all, I heard something. Someone walking. Above me. Ah, that's right, I was asleep. In a box. In the tower. And if someone was here, now was definitely not the time to leave. I waited. Until the footsteps stopped and the soft glow of candlelight felt like the intense heat of the noon sun as it was suddenly forced on my eyes, as the ground parted and the lid of my coffin was crudely thrown off. And a man stood there, a man I did not recognize, a man with anger and determination in his gaze. He held in his hands a large sword, adorned with runes and symbols on it, I recognized some from the outside of the tower, but it meant nothing to me. I was not the monster from the tower, after all. I was another one of his victims, despite whatever the monster had told me to the contrary. He held the sword high and inhaled sharply. Ah, I see he meant to kill me. I smiled, and I quickly rose up faster than he could process with his mortal eyes, and I spun around him and pinned him to the wall with one hand. I was so strong from my slumber that the walls shook as I did this. I looked over his face with some curiosity. He was a large man, strong, about thirty years or so in age. His disheveled hair and long beard, combined with the keenness of his eyes, suggested he had been looking for something for a long time on a mission with only one goal, 
and I surmised this was it, finding me here. Who are you? I asked. He wouldn't give me a name. He struggled but was no match for my unnatural strength. I am the one who will put an end to you, creature. <laughs> and why would you want to do that? I asked. I was perplexed I cannot pretend to be innocent in this world, and not at this time. Before my slumber I did spend time truly discovering the extent of my power and my curse. And though I don't dare tell you, not yet anyway, I will simply reiterate that I am not innocent. Twenty years ago, you murdered everyone I ever loved in the dead of night. They never stood a chance, I was just a child. The hatred and pain in his voice was palpable. I released him and took a few steps back. No, I hadn't. I was asleep. It wasn't me, I said quietly. You have reason to hate me, but your revenge would be wasted. You want the one who made me this, and so do I. Don't get me wrong, he did try to kill me. He hated whatever I was, and that's fine, I'm horrible, but he was no match for me. Not yet. I put my hand through the stone wall easily, making myself an exit. Before leaping through it, I turned to him, and I'm not sure why, but I smiled. And you know what? The most astonishing thing happened. I realized that this mortal man, this angry and brave man, followed me. Not immediately, mind you, but if I went to a town or a city, I would sense him there. I could smell him on the wind. He was never very far behind. He was hunting me. I even let him find me a few times. We would fight, and he would never win. But I would look forward to these interactions. And the more we fought, the more I would learn about him. He had trained for twenty years for this. He found a secret society that believed in fighting a war against demons, dark creatures, spirits, things of the like. They did not know how many creatures like me there were, but they had only seen one. A tall, male creature with a grin. Not unlike me still pale with dark hair, black eyes, horrific long fingers with sharp black claws and a mouth full of jagged teeth. Of course I knew that they meant my dark stranger, but they didn't know about me. They assumed we were legion. Demons everywhere spawning more demons. <laughs> I laughed in his face at this. I don't know what I am, but I'm not that. Another time, we were sparring again. I think it was in a town somewhere in Europe that no longer exists. And I don't know why, but I revealed that I was once human. This stopped him in his tracks. And we actually stopped, sat, and spoke. I was human, I told him. At the time that we had this conversation, I remembered more about my life than I do now. I told him about it, vaguely. I told him about that tower, I told him about my stranger, 
and how the only thing driving me through eternity was to find him. We had that in common. We were both hunting a monster. And something changed in my hunter that night. His eyes were no longer furious. They weren't full of hatred. Not for me, at least. They were... sad. He told me about his family. I tried to remember my family. He told me about his hopes, his dreams. I told him I had none. He told me about his plans to scour the world and find my monster. I asked if I could come. And he let me. We were companions, suddenly and devotedly. He helped guide me through the world, helping me disguise myself and find shelter, helping me blend in with society when I needed to. And I told him all I knew of the thing we hunted. I told him all the ancient knowledge I had gathered from my, even then, long life. I admit that it was not a fair trade, even though he insisted it was. I think, however strange this may seem, he didn't want to be alone either. It's hard to describe our relationship, and the details are quite vague now that time has obscured them. But I do know that we were kindred spirits. He wasn't afraid of me. I recall one night where we sat for hours and hours up, talking, discussing life, philosophy, art, war, love, death. He drank wine. I did not. He moved to embrace me. I let him. How can I say how it felt? It felt like for the first time in centuries I was... Safe. I was not alone. I did not know until then that I could feel warmth anymore. I can't produce it, but I could feel his warmth. And when I felt him not recoil from the sharp cold of my skin, but rather embrace me even more strongly for it, I felt I could weep and weep and never stop for years. But if he did it too long, which he did that night, I would start to feel his big arms lose their grip. I felt his breath come faster. I heard his heartbeat quickening. And I pushed him away with a growl. This is why. This is why I am alone. This is why I have to find him. This is why I cannot... <sighs> it was unbearable. I roared in this terrible pain, roared so loud that the room vibrated and the bottle of wine fell off the table. I left out the window and swiftly took off into the night. How dare he? How dare he make me believe things could change? How dare he give me the impression that my life could be filled with goodness and kindness and purpose? How dare he pretend that I was not what I am? For years I tried to leave him alone, to run from him so that he could continue his life without me. But my hunter continued to pursue me. He caught me sometimes, and again we would fight, but neither of us wanted to win. He tried to tell me that perhaps if we could catch the dark man, the tall stranger, we could defeat him, and maybe this would free me somehow. 
He had several ancient texts that seemed to support that. Over the years, my hunter became a scholar, evidently. He was studying, studying about poor souls like me, who began as simple humans and somehow became something ghastly. He was studying for me. I kept trying to tell him it was hopeless, but he kept studying. For thirty, forty years, maybe more, he studied. He kept trying to find me, to give me more information, to tell me everything would be all right. To remind me that he wasn't afraid of my claws or my teeth or my eyes or my hands, my speed, or the fact that my embrace was a cold and deadly thing. He would do it again in a heartbeat. I wouldn't let him. The worst part was watching him change while I remained the same. He was once vital and young, his bright, clear blue eyes never dimmed, but lines etched themselves slowly and firmly in his face. Time pressed on him so his strong, upright posture curved more and more into a frail hunch. His big hands began to shake and show spots. My poor hunter. It was almost too much to bear. And then, suddenly, too long passed without him finding me. Without him finding me, convincing me that he could save me, that we could be together like the old days. Where was he? Where was my hunter? I found him at the college he studied at. It was an ancient place, full of ancient books and old and young men learning about ancient things, things long forgotten. He had his own chambers there. His years of study, service, and good work there, even if they were all for me, had earned him a title and a place of high esteem. I went late at night when no one was visiting or tending to him. I climbed the vines on the walls and entered from his balcony. He was in bed. He was ill, pale, wheezing, and terribly weak. He was dying, and it was almost the end. I sat beside him, my poor hunter, my friend. He smiled. He remarked that I had finally hunted him this time. I had known where he was the whole time, but I didn't want to hurt him. I wanted him to forget me, but I knew now that he never would. That was never in the cards for a man of his resolve. I asked him, have you wasted your life pursuing me? He shook his head slowly. Never, my friend. I have spent my life studying a beautiful monster, one that no one else has ever had the pleasure of knowing quite so deeply. I would dedicate a thousand lifetimes to knowing you. I thought perhaps I could make him like me. Would he be young again? Certainly he would be stronger, healthier. He would become a monster, sure, but we could be companions. And I wouldn't have to be afraid of hurting him just by holding him. Or he would die. I know what you're thinking of, he said softly. Either way, you must embrace me one last time, whatever the outcome. 
You must know that I have studied my whole life to find a way to do that one more time. I could not help the tears that stained my cheeks for the first time in centuries. Where will I go without you following me? And I was suddenly surprised by the strength and the power of what he did next. Quickly he sat up. He wrapped his arms around me. He pressed his feverish cheek against the frigid skin of my face. And he whispered in my ear, You will find him. You will hunt our monster, and you will save yourself. I don't want to describe our embrace, because it was the thing that killed him, that ended his long, proud life. I can't say again how he shook, how he weakened, how his heart slowed, how I heard every change within him could feel his blood pumping more and more slowly. I don't know quite what I did to cause this in him, and I don't want to tell you that it felt incredible. It felt as though he was becoming a part of me, and yet that I was releasing him from the pain of the world while celebrating its beauty with him all the while. How could I possibly say how many times I whispered goodbye in his ear? How could I possibly tell you how beautiful his voice was when he told me goodbye? Why would I relive that? Why would I do that to myself? Because it was the most painful, most beautiful thing I have ever felt or seen or heard on this earth. This earth that is so often dark, so cruel, so frightening, and so unfair. There are moments that last for thousands of years in our hearts. There are people who find a pathway into your soul, make a home for themselves there, and never leave. When I finally let him go and laid him back in his bed, I stood there unsure of whether I would scream, weep, or perhaps never make a sound again. I waited for hours just looking at him. I had no sketches or paintings of him, so I wanted to make sure that I would never forget his face. And I turned toward the window, finally prepared to leave. To mourn, however I could. To mourn for the first time in so long. Standing outside the open door there on the balcony was my tall, pale, dark stranger. His smile was not quite so wide, but it was there. He bowed his head. He had in his hand a single red rose. He walked towards me. I tried to tell myself to run. I tried to tell myself to fight. But my heart was only full of sorrow. I could not move for the sorrow in my heart. He stopped not even a foot from me. He took my hand in his. Ah. It was as cold as mine. And he placed the rose in it. His shining onyx eyes stared into mine for what felt like forever. Perhaps I imagined it, but it seemed as though his face changed, contorted, 
seemed to twist into the same sadness that consumed me at that moment. His eyes widened, and he dropped my hand. He did not like it, this feeling. He turned, and he took off into the night. And I pursued him. I would never stop. I will never stop. I will always be a hunter. Thank you for listening to me tonight, friend. Good night. Not a flower, not a flower sweet On my black coffin Let there be strong Not a friend, not a friend greet My poor corpse Where my bones shall be thrown A thousand, thousand sighs to save Lay me Oh, where sad true lover never find my grave to weep there. Hi guys, thanks so much for listening to On a Dark Cold Night with me, Kristen Zaza. Uh, Really happy to have you as always. Big thank you. Just the usual stuff. If you like the show, please tell a friend or tell the world. I'm on Twitter at A Dark Cold Night. Insta at Dark Cold Night Podcast. We're on Facebook and email anytime at darkcoldnightpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to support us financially, you can find the show on Coffee or on Patreon. Links are online. I would be ever so grateful. Also, um, leave us a rating and a review. You can do so on iTunes, Stitcher, Podknife.com, or anywhere you like. Here's a great review I want to share with you guys. This one is from a user called Loopy Date. It's called Creepy Yet Oddly Comforting. Kristen Zaza's voice is remarkable. Her ability to draw you in as a friend, then deliver a gut punch of a story, reminds me of the best of shows like Welcome to Night Vale. That's an awesome shout-out. Thank you. Um, Her ability to remain both an impassionate observer of these stories while still giving just a hint of, it's okay to feel things even though I'm not sure I can anymore, is what sells on a dark, cold night. Oh, thank you, Loopy Date. That's really nice and really encouraging. So glad you're enjoying the show. Looking forward to sharing some more reviews with you all. Anyway, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I hope you liked the story, liked learning more about your narrator, and how, even for her, goodbyes are always hard. Take care, everyone, and have a lovely week. Bye, guys. (laughs) 